Welcome to the Sacred Dance. This podcast will aid you in finding balance in a polarizing reality and fulfillment through living out your dharma. I'm your host, Annette Maria, founder of Sanctuary Publishing, purpose and feminine embodiment coach, an intuitive facilitator of healing. You will experience solo transmissions from me and conscious conversations with leading experts in spirituality, sexuality, healing, and the energetics behind it all. We are going deep into all that we experience on this human ride. It's time for life to feel like a sacred dance. Are you ready? Hey, welcome to the Sacred Dance. I am here with Courtney Tiffany. Courtney is a writer, intuitive, and modern priestess of the divine feminine. She is the founder of the Monthly Goddess Alignment, author of Journey to Soul, and the upcoming Feminine Archetypes. She is dedicated to helping others gain clarity, access Shakti, and reconnect with their true essence and soul wisdom. She teaches women internationally how to connect to the divine feminine using goddess spirituality and archetypal embodiment. Mm. I'm so excited to talk to her today as she is a fellow sister. So welcome, Courtney, to the Sacred Dance. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited about this conversation. (laughs) Yes. So today we're talking all about feminine archetypes, what that means, and how to use them in our lives. So I'm really, really excited to open this up. So let's start by asking you, tell us about your work. You know, I just explained a bit about you, but tell us a little bit more about you and your own work. Yeah, so um, I guess somewhere along the way of my own spiritual journey and spiritual growth, I came across the goddess, the divine feminine, but recognize that she has these different aspects to her, right? She, um, has many faces or I refer to them as like threads of Shakti. And what I do is essentially guide women to like isolate those threads, go into those archetypes or those goddesses and really, you know, pull out like that, that wisdom, that divine feminine, like those mysteries and all of those, like, pieces of ourselves that we've forgotten and really how to embody that. Mm. Um, Cause we, we could talk about archetypes all day long, but I feel like (laughs) you don't really connect with it. You don't understand it until you truly embody it. And Mm. like what that feels like in your actual body and how it's expressed through you. So um, yeah, I like to see myself as a guide kind of you know just awakening those aspects and really helping women connect with those those pieces of ourselves because our world's constantly changing and you know being able to connect with like your inner mystic or your priestess or the wild woman or whatever it is right it's it allows us to just further step into our authenticity and to really just connect with that soul truth and yeah. who we are, you know, at our, at our core, at our essence, at our soul being. Absolutely. And the multidimensionality in which we are, right. It yeah. shows us how many different aspects in which we encase in this, this fleshy body. <laughs> yes. 
Yes. And, and that's what I say too, like in my work, like, and in my book, um, feminine archetypes, like it's, they're all, all of these archetypes are available to us, right? Mm -hmm. We're not just one thing. We're not just a mom. We're not just like an entrepreneur, right? We wear many hats within our daily lives and it's, it's opening up to this vastness that is being a woman Mm -hmm. and all of those gifts and being able to, you know, express those, that multidimensionality, like you said, Absolutely. So what brought you to this work? Was there a time in your life where you were disconnected from these energies within you? What guided you to be able to, to now lead in this way? Yeah. So, I mean, looking back, I don't think five years ago, I would have ever thought that I'd be doing this or actually like had written a book, but, um, I had two children in the span of 13 months. So I went from working full-time to being a full-time stay-at-home mom to essentially Irish twins. Like, and it was, I was super excited at the time to take on like this new role in my life. And I was very connected to the mother archetype and just being nurturing and present. But what happened is I gave all of myself to my children and my family and started neglecting my own self-care, like um, just neglecting myself on all levels. Um, And I'd started listening to a podcast called rewilding for women and, um, you know, really connected. And it was Sabrina Lynn who, um, initially like introduced me to like women's spirituality, goddess spirituality and these archetypes. And, um, I was fortunate enough my, my kids were still in diapers at the time, but I went on retreat with her. I met her in Sedona. It was my first trip, like since both of my kids had been born. So like in the span of two years, like I hadn't had a vacation. So it was <laughs> like, I literally went from like breastfeeding one day to like, okay, I need a weekend. I'm taking it to myself, you know? And, um, I was able to, you know, go on retreat and really just sink into the energy of not only other women connecting with these archetypes, but just connecting within myself. And that took me on, I mean, this years long path of really exploring all of these archetypes further. Mm. Um, And even now, like I, there are two archetypes in my book that like I talk about that I don't think are common. I'm like, I probably just made them up, but they're ones that I see over and over and over again, like within like goddess myths. So um, putting a name to that and recognizing that. And um, yeah, I think this is kind of like the book. This is kind of, this is the work that I wish I had like in the beginning of my journey. So it's kind of come full circle, you know? Absolutely. So when we talk about archetype, you're referring to this overarching theme, I'm assuming. And then there's various expressions of that through the goddesses that you're connecting to. Is that right? Right. So, um, I mean, you can talk, we know like divine masculine versus divine feminine, right? They're one, they're in union. Like you have to have the balance of the two, but -hmm. what I'm doing is I look at it as like this overarching umbrella, right? Like, okay, the divine feminine herself and 
connecting with it's all it's all shakti energy or kundalini energy right and i look at the archetypes as different threads of shakti So if we're taking Shakti herself, right, taking that life force, creative energy um, that pulsates through anything and everything, right, and just isolating like that single archetype. So, for example, like one of, um, you know, the mother that's common to us all, right, that connects us all. We all come from the mother mm-hmm. and it's very soft and nurturing and loving and um, giving and, you know, when it's divinely expressed, yeah, right, when it's in that highest and greatest good. And then you can also see and, you know, I'm trying to think like mother archetypes being like, Gaia or um, Demeter, like they're just different faces of the same goddess, right? Mm-hmm. Or of that same archetype. And then there's, you can look at the warrior who is like fierce, <laughs> wields her sort of truth, like stands firm in her pa- power, has her boundaries, will fight for what she believes in, right? And that's expressed through goddesses like Durga, Kalima, the Morrigan, um, you know, there's so many. And yeah, so I like to just look at those different archetypes. Beautiful. That does yeah. make sense. And each of those archetypes are an aspect of us, how we said, right? And I would love for you to to share those those archetypes that you were saying aren't commonly talked about, but you see over and over again, if you feel welcome to do so. Yeah. So, I mean, the common ones, obviously the triple goddess, we're all familiar with that symbol, like with Mm -hmm. the waning full and waxing moon. Right. So that, that represents maiden mother crown. Um, But one of the ones that I've like uncovered in my years of like study is the hearth keeper, which is essentially, she is like, going back to ancient times, the hearth was the center of the home. Not only did it provide warmth, but it's where you cooked all of your meals. It was, um, if you go back to ancient Roman culture, the Vesta's uh, virginals were, they were the hearth keepers. They They kept the sacred flame of Rome lit and tended to that flame. And there's like two aspects of the hearth keeper. There's this very like domestic, I'm going to keep everything in order within my house, right? I want to keep everything, make sure everyone is provided for and that they feel nurtured and supported and stable and feel like this, this warmth, right? When they come into my Mm -hmm. home, but it's also keeping the internal flame within us. Mm. Right. We all have this inner fire that like fuels us that when we, when we connect with our passions and our soul essence, it's, it's that inner flame that just lights us up from like inside. Right. Yeah. And it's magnetic. It's, it's, um, we just have this glow when we're connected with this. So the hearth keeper too is also keeping, tending to her own sacred fire, her own inner flame. Mm. So, and you see that in the Celtic goddess Bridget, she is, they call her the keeper of the flame. Mm-hmm. Same with Vesta in Roman culture and then Hestia in Greek culture. I mean, all of these goddesses, you know, through various cultures and periods of time, all represent like this 
this element of fire, this like sacredness and the hearth keeper to me, when you're like connected with her, you can take anything to your inner flame, take anything to your fire. And it can either be created. It could be fueled. It could light you up. It could be passionate or it can be like destroyed. Mm -hmm. And again, that's like the beauty of the goddess. That is, that is the power of the divine feminine creation and destruction. And, you know, if somebody says something to you and it just doesn't feel right, or you're just like, I'm not sure about this. I just don't know. Take it to that inner fire, right? Activate that hearth keeper within you. And you'll know if it can stand those inner fires, right? If it's meant to be, Mm -hmm. or if it just kind of disintegrates and it's destroyed. So um, that was when that I don't, yeah, you can call her keeper of the flame or I just like hearth keeper because mm-hmm. she's kind of all encompassing that way. Right. Yeah. Tending to our own inner fires and the fires of other people as well. I love that. And it's interesting how you're saying also how the goddesses are depicted, depicted in various cultures right how it's this is something that is seen and understood not just by one group of people this is understood by I think most all I don't know like you know I haven't studied all the cultures but most cultures hold this energy yeah so inside point Inside the monthly goddess alignment, I love to just focus on one goddess, one archetype, because there are so many to explore. But if we just single it out, like, so every month, it's just one goddess. So this month, it just happens to be Inanna, the ancient Sumerian goddess. She's a fertility goddess, goddess of love, also of war. She's kind of an all-encompassing goddess, but she's also queen of heaven and earth. So she's a sky deity. She's an earth deity. But uncovering her myth and learning more about her. I've also realized like she was the one who inspired Ishtar. She inspired Astarte. She inspired Venus. She inspired the myths of Aphrodite. Like they're all connected. They're all love goddesses, right? Mm -hmm. So they all have this archetype expressed through them. And, you know, it's, it doesn't matter which one you're called to, right? They're all kind of have very similar myths, stories, and also I think like wisdom that they can share with us, you know, Mm -hmm. lessons to teach us. Absolutely. So right now in our reality, in our society, what goddess do you feel like is, or what archetype do you feel like is being called out in the feminine collective to be seen, to be heard, to be worked with? That's such like a heavy question. I threw it at you. (laughs) Right now, right now in this moment. And I'm only saying this because she keeps popping up for me and um, the the wild woman and specifically Lilith. Mm. Um, Only like... Only because right before I came on here, not only did I pull her Oracle card, right? I also was reading a chapter on Lilith earlier in one of my books and just like my own personal research. And this idea that like, I think women are finally like, not only have we been demanding equality, right? For years, for centuries, but um, realizing that like, we can have it all, 
right? We can be entrepreneurs. We can go after our dreams. We can create whatever it is that wants to be expressed through us, whatever we want to create. We can build the lives that we want Mm -hmm. and be financially stable and secure and be loved. And like, we don't need to depend on anybody else for our own happiness. Yes. Right. And to me, the wild woman is like, she's the fullest expression of the divine feminine, Mm. right? She is all of it. I mean, because she, she feels it all. The wild woman to me is like freedom, freedom of expression, right? She is all of these emotions. I mean, she is just Shakti energy, like, um, wild, uncontrollable, but like not, not in like a harmful, destructive way. It is just the wild woman is able to express herself freely and be authentic and stand in her truth. And there's also this aspect of you know, the wild woman is very connected to nature, connected to seasons, to cycles. She's, you know, and everything with climate change and viewing the way that like we eat and what we consume. Like, I think that's also part of the wild woman, Mm. you know, because she's connected to that. She says, okay, like, where's my food coming from? Why is it traveling this far? Or (laughs) I'm, I want to eat more locally or organic or whatever. Like that's also because she, she wants to honor mother earth, right? She's connected to the earth. Yeah. So, um, and I feel like more and more women are awakening to that aspect of themselves Amen. because we were all taught, I feel like as little girls, I mean, at least like our generation and I'm sure all the generations before us, right? Like <laughs> you can't be emotional. You can't like, you have to hide your feelings. Like it's not like, I know, like when I was growing up, like I'm, <laughs> I'm hypersensitive. <laughs> I'm an empath. I'm overly emotional <laughs> and I don't, I don't know if my mom always knew what to do with that. So it was always like, one, it was a joke, like, oh, Courtney's crying again. <laughs> but it was, I, I I've like grew up feeling ashamed, like to feel my feelings and to express them. Mm-hmm. But I've never, it has like, it's always been against my nature to hold that in. Like, I can't, I can't help it. And maybe like to other people, that's why I come off as overly sensitive because I just like, where are my emotions? Like I have to let them like come up and express out of me, right? Like I, full disclosure, I've spent all of this week in tears. Like every little thing (laughs) like was just (laughs) been emotional for no reason, but it was like this cleansing, like looking back like these last few days, (laughs) it's just been this cleansing, cathartic rest period that I needed. Yeah. And it's because I'm connected to that cycle, like my own rhythms, you know, and that's, that's also wild woman. Yeah, absolutely. And there's so many layers to that. And I resonate so deeply with the wild woman and with you you. (laughs) and, oh, she's like, she's my coming home because, you know, I was separated from her for, for so long. And now I feel like finally how you're saying there's space for that aspect of the feminine to be rising and to be held. And for me to honor it, especially with the cycles, how you were saying you had a period of, of tears, of rest, of inward, like, you know, 
but that's okay that we go through cycles. And I think maybe that's why you are feeling. And I also agree that the wild is rising because we for so long have negated cycles. We've pushed away the cyclical nature of us, the men around us, the nature, all the aspects. And we've tried to conform it into a certain box of this is my expectation, fit this, 365 days a you know a year yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's not working obviously because life has showed us that we need to slow down shift honor propel sometimes and then pull back right the cycles of death and rebirth so I agree the wild she's she's coming out <laughs> and that's one thing too that like being connected like with like the divine feminine within me, right. That like life is not linear. It's not supposed to be like in Western culture. Like we want to make it like, okay, you grow up, you go to school, you get a job, you do this, you do that. Like you just check off boxes as you go, excuse me, but it's, it's cyclical. It's like this spiral. It's this dance. And, and even coming back to the archetypes, like we, whenever we begin a project, we're in that maiden phase, we're in the beginning, everything's fresh and new. And it's just like the possibilities seem endless, right? And, you know, or we're feeling more sensual in our lives and we want to express that and explore that, like, and the lover comes out, like the archetypes are available to us at all times. And it's the cyclical thing that we go through, yes. right? We're not always going to be on in the lover all the time like that would be exhausting (laughs) we need we need rest and we also need that period of like the dark goddess like exploring our shadows and doing healing and you know and it, it totally is it's just this cyclical pattern and I think the wild woman connects us to all of that Mm, yeah so is do these energies do these archetypes do they come in a, a form of you know balanced versus unbalanced like can you be in a form of like unbalanced maiden energy is that something that's part of this work yeah so in my book I have different sections so basically everything that I describe like in feminine archetypes is like the most divinely like highest expressed version of the archetype right because you can look at like if you read myths of like some of the goddesses like I'm thinking of like Athena or Artemis, like some of the Greek goddesses, like they're kind of vengeful. Like they're not like divinely expressed. I feel like the myths sometimes that we read, I mean, obviously humans wrote them. So there's, they're trying the Greek myths and plus there's like betrayal and rape. And it's like, that's not (laughs) the most divinely expressed version, right. Of a goddess or an archetype. So what I get at is like the, the purity of it. Right. But Mm -hmm. obviously there's also shadow aspects. So there's also sections in each chapter discussing those shadow aspects of each archetype, because we're not always in alignment with them. Right. Just like we're not always in balance, um, with our feminine or masculine. It's always, it's a, it's a constant, I feel like realignment, like coming back, coming back to center. Right. A sacred dance. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's why this podcast was birthed, right? To because that's 
our existence is this ebb and flow. And I think it's always important to talk about and to show the shadow side. It's not always just, oh, love, light, and butterflies. Sometimes there is heaviness, darkness, and inward, you know, retraction. So Mm -hmm. it's, I love that you're sharing that with all the archetypes that you're talking about, because it's important and to not shy away from sharing about that, talking about that and normalizing that that's part of it. And that's okay. Yeah. I mean, what it, to put it in like the simplest of terms, what it comes down to is like, are you doing it from a place of love? Are you doing it from like a place of like fear or disconnect, like from your soul truth, right? Like, obviously if you're going to embody the warrior, like you're not doing it like for vengeance, you're not doing it for like personal gain. You're doing it for like social justice (laughs) or, you know, or your own sovereignty. Mm. Like it just, you've got to ask yourself, okay, why? Usually that's what it comes back to. And our why is so important with everything, you know? Oh, you know, like, why is the feminine rising on the planet? Why is that something that's happening right now? And there's the why behind us, right? To know that will help us kind of be able to maybe see the noise more clearly to understand the every, the chaos that may be happening, the upheaval maybe gives us that moment to understand as best as we humanly could. I don't know. Are you asking me why the, the feminine's rising? I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah. So we can we can dive into that. I was that was just me talking. That was just yeah, me rambling. But um, you know, I think it's 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 coming back into balance. To me, that's what it is, right? After years of male dominated patriarchal rule, it's it's coming back into balance and understanding that we all have masculine and feminine within us. Right. And finding that balance and expressing that each of those, you know, in in a harmonious way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I would love to now talk about, um, how you work with individuals, you know, when it comes to finding the archetype or the goddesses that they should embody or invoke in their reality. How is that used? Yeah. I'm smiling because I just recorded a YouTube video on this. Um, It's like my most frequently asked question, like which goddess should I work with essentially, right? Like, how do I know which one's best for me? And this is going to be the answer that annoys everybody, but it's (laughs) literally up to you. Which ones do you feel called to? Like for me and my own personal practice. And I know like you and I have had this conversation before. Like I've, it depends on like what cultures are you being drawn to, right? Is it ancient Egypt? Is it Avalon? Is it, um, like the Hindu goddesses, uh, you know, cause I know that you were like really drawn to like Kali and Durga and like, oh, yeah. They're just through, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whereas I'm like in my own personal practice, I'm drawn to more Celtic or Greek, um, like mythologies and goddesses, mm-hmm. but going, so I guess that's like the first basis, right? Like, yeah. Figuring that out 
and then just start reading, doing your research. There's so much information online now and it's, you know, which one just like piques your curiosity. I always say just like follow the breadcrumbs, right? Which goddess keeps showing up for you. Like once you kind of like start researching and like diving into the mist, like there's going to be one and you're going to know. Yeah. Um, but the thing is too, like working with goddesses, like I don't always work with goddesses, like for the rest of my life. Sometimes it's like, it's just a day. Like I'll pull like an Oracle card and I'm like today, like Lilith clearly had a message for me. We clearly needed to talk about like reclaiming the feminine and <laughs> owning our sovereignty and discussing the wild woman. And it, um, you know, and that might've just been the message for the day and that's fine. There are other goddesses that I've been working with for years because they constantly just keep popping up for me. And I, you know, and it's, that work is not done. And then there's other times where it's just like, okay, like I'll work for a goddess with a goddess or archetype, right? It's just that cyclical nature that we keep yeah. talking about. You know, she's there for like a cycle or like a time in your life. And then once, you know, you embody her lessons, you learn that wisdom or that you know, that truth that she gives you, um, you know, then it, then she's gone and that's beautiful too. Um, so yeah, I just encourage anybody to just kind of do your own research. Um, but I mean, this is something that I explore every single month inside of the monthly goddess alignment. Like I take the time and just one goddess every month. So, and that gives us a chance too to just really get to know her and to mm -hmm. like drop in and like open ourselves up to be like, okay, you know, what can she teach me this month? What do I need to know? What's coming up? And usually there's like a collective message too. Yeah. Right. Um, when they appear. And there's also, like I said, like the hearth keeper, like all of those goddesses that I mentioned, like also represent like the fire element, like, and there's water goddesses, there's sky goddesses, there's earth deities. So it's like, you know, if you're so many, there are so many. So it's, <laughs> yeah, but just because I, I know when you first are like starting out, like just exploring goddesses, like it can be extremely overwhelming because you don't know where to start. And I just say, I just encourage anybody just to pick one. Yeah. Just, just start with one <laughs> and just get to know her. You know, if you want to leave offerings, pray to her, talk to her, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And go from there. And if someone doesn't even know how to start with one, maybe a culture that you resonate with, right? Yeah. And starting with that and then exploring what that culture may be. And yeah, for me, the Hindu goddesses and the whole, that whole path has been, I'm looking over here because I just have them everywhere. Um, it's a big part of me, but it's also, I was a big part of like my past lives as well. And it's just really a part of this current life. And yeah, it's just, you know, that's how it worked. When I started working with goddesses, the energy of Lakshmi just came to me at some point, like four years ago. And it was just like, chant my mantras. And I was like, all right, you know, we'll see what this does. And it broke my heart open. It cracked me open to like the infinite love from a mother, right? A motherly figure to feel held because I've never felt really held in that way from my, you know, in this lifetime mama. So it let me connect to 
the feminine in some other capacity. So there are various reasons that someone may start to look into doing this work. So what are some of those like predominant reasons that someone may feel inspired to start diving into this? I think there, there, I feel like there comes a point in everyone's life where you ask like that big question, like, who am I? (laughs) Who am I at my core? You know what I mean? And that was the question for me. Like when I was like knee deep in like diapers and nap schedules and like I was I was a mother but I I had lost like that connection to my soul self I lost Mm -hmm. like my essence and I was in a really dark place and um it it gave me a chance to connect to my own divinity to connect back to my soul because I feel like and I talk about this in my first book too, like journey to soul. Like there's so much going on outside of us, right? There's so much media, like things are constantly being thrown at us and it's really hard to decipher what is our actual truth. Yeah. Right. And everyone has their opinions and everyone wants to share their commentary on things. And that gets really overwhelming. Mm -hmm. It can get really overwhelming really quickly. And finding, giving yourself the space and just finding the time to just connect, right. With yourself. Um, for me on my own, like I have ever since I was a child, I was like fascinated with witches Mm. and, um, like not only is Hocus Pocus still one of my favorites, <laughs> but, <laughs> but like I would like sit in my room and like burn candles and like I loved to like write spells and like I was very into the occult, but I always felt like I couldn't tell people that. Like there was like I was like a closeted witch kind of, and then connecting with like the witch within me. Honestly, like I remember I had like the most profound meditation invocation with um hecate like queen of the witches right greek goddess of the crossroads and she and it was in that where i really stepped up and like owned who i was and my interest and my power and it was this reclamation of the witch that i felt like i had to suppress Mm. right i think all of us like there's we don't always feel comfortable expressing ourselves fully, yeah. right? Where we fear being judged by others. We fear of, you know, there's like, when it comes to like the witch archetype specifically, there's a lot of wounds around that. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> I, like I, I like was always fascinated with like the Salem witch trials and then it like expanded into like all the European like witch trials. And it's just like, there's so much like karmic wounds around that and being able to heal that, like, and just being able to like express yourself freely is so liberating, right? It's so modern, like, you know, that's, <laughs> like not a thing that people were able to do or are able to do. Right. So I feel like, you know, if, if there's any part of you, anybody that's listening, it's like, you know, I just feel like I can't be myself 
or I can't, and, and it doesn't have to be with the witch. It could be with the lover too. Like I'm having trouble connecting to my sexuality. I'm mm-hmm. having trouble sharing myself with my partner. I'm ha- like, there's, there's so many wounds around that too. Oh, yeah. And, or, you know, even, even the mother, right. Healing mother wounds, like just wanting to be held and supported, like, you know, and mothering your own inner child, right? Yeah. Um, there, there's, I can't look that like, <laughs> the possibilities are endless <laughs> as to why you would do this, yeah. right? But it's just like, we're just opening the door here. So um, I'll be releasing soon actual archetypal activations. So mm-hmm. I've already recorded like a large chunk of these, but, um, and they're just guided activations to really take you into each thread of Shakti, right? Mm, Like I really want to connect with my lover, but I'm afraid to, or, um, and then it's just, it's just opening the door. I like to think of it as, you know, like I'm just, we're just activating this thread of Shakti, this part of you, this one aspect. And then the rest is like up to you, right? You gotta, you have to do the work. (laughs) Oh yeah. The unfolding. Yeah. But it's this beautiful kind of just release and awakening. And I can't help but like move my body as I oh, talk yeah. about like. <laughs> so, well, that's, that's all of the this feminine work. moving, right? She's, she's moving through you. Yeah. Talk about the various wounds. Is there a certain archetype or goddess that actually works with like the sisterhood wound that is Medusa. Medusa. It's like the first one to come up in my mind. So the myth of Medusa, like she had, she was a priestess of Athena. Um, and she had this, this love that found out and essentially cursed her. She mm-hmm. took away her sexuality and, you know, Medusa used to have like flowing golden locks and obviously Athena changed that and made her a monster the Mm. gorgon right with snakes for hair um one so she couldn't be attractive and two anyone who looked at her would then turn to stone like there's this huge sister wound between athena and medusa um and in a lot of ways i mean athena is technically a virgin goddess but virgin in the sense doesn't it's not has nothing to do with your sexuality it has everything to do with your autonomy Mm. being a virgin goddess means like that goddess was free to make her own decisions. No man controlled her, right? Got it. So, but it's very much like this. It kind of mirrors this sexual repression of Athena, right? And and also this like this curse that took place between them, like mm-hmm. Athena changing Medusa so she could no longer, you know, be free to express herself. Yeah. And sexually in that way. Right. So she was disconnected from that. I mean, nobody could touch her mm. after that. Right. Nobody could, would want to glance her way. So it's, yeah, but there's, but Medusa to me is again, like the wild woman, <laughs> like she is, but she's also a dark goddess too. Like, yeah. and she helps us not only heal that wound with Athena, but fully own our sexuality and our, our 
freedom to express ourselves. Yes. I'm like, what is this? I just have to keep moving. I'm like, you can put the words to this, but whatever this is. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes sense. You know, the sisterhood wound is something that is, you know, rising to be seen and to work, be worked on while also we're feeling and saying that the wild is rising and to be identified. So it's all linking together. That in our sacred culture dance and, between them all. <laughs> in this culture and that we're cultivating here. Yes. <laughs> uh, I feel like we can talk about goddesses and archetypes forever, which I'm sure we actually have prior yes. to this. Um, <laughs> this is our like hot topic with Twitter too. Um, but before we, we wrap up or any of that jazz, I'd love for you to share how people can work with you or if they're inspired to connect with you, how they can do that. Yeah. So um, you can go to my website, CourtneyTiffany.com and it has all of the information, but um, I mean, you can find out where you can buy my books and Oracle deck. And um, it also has a link for the monthly goddess alignment. So anybody who feels called um, to just dip their toes in goddess spirituality. Mm -hmm. It all depends. And there's different tiers and different prices. So it depends on how deep you want to go. Um, and like I said, I'll also be releasing some videos on YouTube and some archetypal activations to actually help you step into this energy and embody each archetype. Mm, Beautiful. And tell us about this book that is coming out soon. Feminine archetypes. Um, fingers crossed will be released on May 25th, um, available wherever books are sold. Um, yeah. And it explores the 13 threads of Shakti. There's 13 feminine archetypes that we go into. I give you a list of goddesses to work with, discuss their shadow aspects. And there's also a ritual that you can do to connect with this part of yourself. Mm, so 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 beautiful I'm so excited I've gotten to to read this snippet of it and it's something to definitely check out and to explore and thank you for sharing that medicine into the world before I ask you our final question is there anything else alive for you that you want to share around the goddess or feminine archetypes or do you feel complete I think we're good beautiful <laughs> I always give that space because, you know, if there's something creeping up, but we complete every conscious conversation here on the sacred dance with asking, what is your one tip to provide someone that is wanting to find greater balance in their life? Find more stillness. That's just what's coming through. And I think, I mean, that really was it for me, right? Connecting with that, that soul aspect, that essence of us and our, our own personal truth is finding that stillness, just taking little moments throughout your day. Right. Mm. Um, and, and, and tuning everything else out and just, again, finding recentering yourself. Um, because that, that little thing, that little, my daily practice, just those few minutes to myself every single morning have been a complete game changer for me, changed the way that I live my life. Yeah, absolutely. And it is a game changer. So stillness could come in many forms, right? Meditation, slow movement, but thank you for sharing your, your insight and your love and definitely check out feminine archetypes 
to dive into this and her lovely monthly goddess gatherings. So thank you so, so much for being here today, Courtney. And yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the sacred dance. If you enjoyed the medicine shared here, check us back out next Thursday as there are new episodes released every week. You can find this podcast on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, and YouTube. Be sure to rate and review the podcast as you check us out so that we can grow and spread this community of balance, sovereignty, and everyone finding their own nuggets of truth in it all. Thank you and see you next week.